twas the night before Starcade. The boys are backstage. They set up the ring, but they're building the cage. The belts were all hung in the lockers with care, while Ricky and Robert were doing their hair. The jobbers were nestled all snug in their beds. For one night, they're not getting dropped on their heads. Big Mama in her tube top and Boogie in his tights had just gotten ready for Paul Jones to fight. When out at the buffet, there rose such a clatter. But that was just me out there getting fatter. And to the pay window, I flew like a flash to make sure that no one ran off with the cash. Missy fell on her breast in the new fallen snow while Tully and Wyndham lined up for a blow. When what with my wondering eyes have I seen but a Rolex in the window of a stretch limousine. With our driver named JJ so dapper and quick, I knew in a moment it must be Slick Rick. From the limo he sprung, decked out in his robe, with one tiny diamond and just one earlobe. He showed his biceps, which he quickly flexed. Girls, you can't be first, but you can surely be next. Woo! More rapid than eagles, the good guys all came. Rick whistled and wooed and called them by name. Now Duthie, now Magnum, now Barry and Sting. On Luger, on Hana, but don't say a thing. Despite the promoters like Crockett and Watts, it really was Rick who was calling the shots. I'll defend against Brody, Von Eric, or Race. I named the price and you named the place. But when it's bell time and the belt's on the line, you'd better believe it will still be mine. JJ started the limo and in Rick would slink along with two ring rats and plenty to drink. Now I could continue, I certainly would, but the longer I go, well, it won't be as good. So I'll wrap this up now just as quick as I can. Happy Starcade to all and fuck Vince McMahon. Welcome, everybody, to the Other Ship Podcast. I am your host this evening, Drufus R. Jones, the freight train, joined tonight by my main man on the control panel, Michael T.S. Herrick. How we doing tonight, brother? Fantastic. Couldn't be any better if I was two people. That's good stuff, man. And tonight, since we're just kind of doing the old Han and Chewy or Panthro and Lion-O, we're just two bros riding tonight, dude. We're just doing our thing. Bill's got some business and Mr. Spiker's a little under the weather tonight. So we're going to hang out tonight with our good friend and brother, Uncle Jamie Ward. How we doing, Jamie? Thanks for uh, coming my, back. My pleasure to be back with you guys. I got big shoes to fill tonight if I got to fill in for Bill and Spiker. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> on top of each other, they're like seven foot nine. <laughs> However, was, oh, wow. I didn't think of that. Let's say Bill's seven foot two. <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> what is Bill like? Five <laughs> eleven, maybe five ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in his dream, maybe. <laughs> but it, the hard part about tonight is there's no way I can step into Mac's shoes. What a job Mac did on the last episode. Yes, Mac is yeah. the man. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's Mac some stuff awesome. work there too. So stay tuned, everybody. 
Yes. More Mac is big ratings. Indeed. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Rankin-Bash Christmas specials of Christmas's past and our adulation for them and or disdain for others. We'll also be throwing in some of our other favorite Christmas specials, cartoons, shows, assorted whatnot. When it gets to the Rankin-Bash, we had kind of discussed it a little bit before we went on air here, before the light went red, that the debut for the Rankin-Bash series was in 64. Mike, is that correct? Yes, with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that was the OG run, the first one. And that's even before I was born. And you, 66, you said? 66, yeah, it's got me beat by two years. So I came out in 76. So those were pretty hot things, like when I was a kid. They were commercials all the time leading up. Like, you knew that Rudolph was going to be on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Don't you that's dare right. miss it, because if you do... See you next year, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it was one and done when I was a kid. Absolutely. That was, you had that one shot to watch it and that was it. I don't think they even started replaying those things on the off uh, cable channels until what, the late 90s? I think yeah. so. That was when uh, the cable network started coming in and started looking for content. Right. And that was perfect timing for me because my kids are growing up in the 90s. So that worked out very well, especially what was it? The ABC Family Channel started doing the 25 Days of Christmas. Yes. And they would replay the Santa Claus coming to town and and I think Rudolph also. And then they had, you know, other ones also. What were your first memories of the Rankin-Bass series, Mike? Well, the big hitters, obviously, were Rudolph. And Frosty. Those were the ones that, like you said, they would start advertising back before Thanksgiving that, hey, this is the day and time if you want to see this. And it didn't matter how many times you'd seen it. You wanted to see it again. So you had to make sure that you knew ahead of time what that date and time was. Then you'd still check the TV guide that week when you got the TV guide and just double check, make sure they didn't change anything up on you. And you had to be set down and ready to watch Rudolph and to watch Frosty. And usually, if I remember right, they would space them out over a couple of nights. And the other one that I remember really getting a lot of play, and usually I think it was, I want to say CBS had the Rankin Bass specials. And then it was maybe ABC that would do the Charlie Brown. If I remember right, I might be wrong. You're, I think you're, you're right on the nose. You're, you're, you're pretty close. I won't say you're not right. But back when I was in the caveman days, when I was <laughs> a kid, uh, Rudolph and Frosty were on CBS. Santa Claus is coming to town and the Heat Miser one. That was on ABC. And Charlie Brown and the Grinch were on NBC. Okay. Yeah, the Grinch is still on NBC to this day. Yeah. So the other one that I really remember, because a year without a Santa Claus and the other one you were thinking of, Jamie, with the Miser Brothers, Santa Claus coming to town and then the year without a Santa Claus. Had, right. That's had the, the Miser Brothers one, right? Yeah. So I don't remember those being on and like advertised on a weekday night. I remember those being on like a Saturday afternoon or something when I was a kid. So that part had changed. But the one I do remember them advertising ahead for besides Rudolph and Frosty was Twas the Night Before Christmas with the two little mice. And George Goble. Yes. George was still a TV name when I was a kid. So that was a big deal having George Goble as the main voice in that. Those were the ones that I remember as a kid. I didn't know the extent that Rankin Bass had for these holiday specials because they have yeah, it's like a nine-hour block on YouTube. Yeah, they've got they have twenty-one different specials they made starting in '64 with Rudolph and going all the way to 1985 with wow. the craziest, most trippy, and I can't wait to talk about this one a little bit. The out there based on the Frank L. Baum of Wizard of Oz fame, a book he wrote called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. 
And if you haven't seen it, if you can track it down anywhere, it's worth a watch at least once, especially if you grew up watching cartoons in the 80s, because you're going to recognize all of these voices for the voice actors. But we'll get to that in a minute. We mentioned Charlie Brown, and I want to go ahead and throw it in here because it came out in 1965. It came out the year after Rudolph. And that one is an absolute classic. And to me, it's the defining Charlie Brown special. I know a lot of people love It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. There's the Thanksgiving one that's good and is played every year. But to me, the Christmas one is like the Charlie Brown special. How do you guys feel about it and compared to the other holiday Charlie Brown specials? And that was another must-see show for me every Christmas. And I will agree that was the number one Charlie Brown. As a kid, I tried to watch the Charlie Brown cartoons when they would air at different times. I never really enjoyed them, but I only liked the Holy Trilogy, as they say, that the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And the Christmas one, you know, was the best because you, every single school teacher I ever had would make a remark about, you know, uh, I bet you got a Charlie Brown Christmas tree or some wise crack like that. <laughs> Teachers weren't kind back then. Yeah, I guess not. If they smell blood, they went for it. <laughs> See, yeah, that was one on my list was the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And like Jamie said, it was a must-see reservation television. You had to reserve your seat and be ready because you got one chance. And it's special. And then now that it's like available and stuff, and you try, I've tried to watch it not at Christmas time. And it's just like, I can't even watch this. But when it's Christmas time, it's like, it's like a warm yeah. coat. Yeah. And that's like most of these. You can only watch them at Christmas time. You can't watch them during yeah. other parts of the year and have that same feeling as you do when you watch it at Christmas. I also want to give credence to Charlie Brown for stepping up with an Arbor Day special. <laughs> Not a lot of people doing that. Charlie Brown, he's a good kid. Good kid, that Charlie. And I also like the Race for Your Life. Charlie Brown was a cool movie. Yeah. When yeah. he was in the River Rat race with those scrub kids. <laughs> that was a cool one. But yeah, not Christmas related. I actually have the uh, the Holy Trilogy that we bought years ago just with the grandkids in mind. So when they get old enough, probably another, probably, Danny will probably be ready to start watching this stuff next year. So uh, Yeah, probably. I recall these specials, like when I was a young, young kid, like my brother and I, it was almost like a dangling carrot for behavior. <laughs> you, know, you know what Wednesday night Frosty's on you mess around and be in your room that's what's going to happen you know you behave <laughs> it was special because when we'd get out there you know you'd be we talked about TV trays in previous episodes you know we'd be on the floor crisscross applesauce with our TV tray out we'd get our cocoa a couple marshmallows a snack you know and yeah. of course we'd be pestering can we please just open one please just one <laughs> we smell the wrapper can we do something please can I drink the water from the tree <laughs> something please anything like the anticipation of those episodes is such a like a, a serious memory it almost like makes the hair on my arm stand up thinking about like just a buildup. it's an right. it's a great time of year this is my favorite time of the year as they say kids today would never understand the feelings that we had for the whole entire christmas holiday you know it's actually thanksgiving to new year's i mean it was always such a big build-up for thanksgiving day get up early watch the parades and then it was mom would be cooking and then i'd be sitting with dad watching football for the rest of the afternoon if we weren't going to relatives house and i was bitching about having to leave the house because i want to stay home and watch football 
But I mean, it's like the whole encompassing of everything. The Christmas specials, people that used to like go door to door Christmas caroling. We used to oh, yeah. dr- just driving around, looking at the lights, seeing the lights everywhere, the displays at the malls and just like in the towns, everything would like all the light poles decorated, candy canes, you know. I mean, some towns still kind of hang stuff on the light poles here and there in the downtown area, but it seemed like everybody was really in the spirit. It's not the same anymore. You guys being in Indiana, do you remember Schmidt's beer? Is that the one that Chris Farley and Adam Sandler drank and revived that pool? (laughs) It's possible. I mean, it was a big Midwest (laughs) beer at one time. I have Um, no idea. But anyway, long story short. That was originally a Philadelphia beer that left the city and went went to the Midwest. And the owners of it lived in like two towns over from us. And they would put out a great big display on their front yard every year, complete with like Santa and the reindeer flying through the air or Santa climbing down the outside of the chimney from nice. the house. It, it was really neat. People from miles around actually used to go and just stand there and video. Well, I videotaped our kids in front of the place, but I remember going there as a kid myself and they just sold the house about 10 years ago. So they don't do it anymore. We still have, I mean, we go out this year. It's been a little different. Weather hasn't been great. A number of nights, the last couple of weeks with rain, but a lot of times we go out almost every night from Thanksgiving until Christmas and look at lights because there's plenty of houses around that have them. Our big park here in town has a huge display and they've done it for, I don't know, 30 some years. And just recently in the last, I don't know, three or four years, they started advertising like on the Indianapolis TV stations, buying commercials, trying to attract more people to come in and you get Friday and Saturday night and there is traffic backed up almost, I don't know, 15, 20 blocks with cars because people come from an hour, hour and a half away. Kind of like a field of dreams. Yeah. Scenario where they're all just lined up, car to car, you got the headlights on. There's a lot of people that live around the park there that complain because after like five o'clock, they can't get out of their driveway on Friday and Saturday nights or get back into it because it's so slow moving through. But when I was a kid, my grandpa was one of the first around here that really did much as far as outdoor decorating. And it's funny, after Amy and I had started dating, I mentioned something about it one time. And they used to go, when she was a kid, they would go and drive by my grandparents' house, you know, two or three times a week to see the lights that my grandpa put up. But Christmas has always been my favorite time of year. And, you know, it's I know because Jamie's just a little bit older, he wouldn't have had this ability. But I don't know why I never, as a kid, recorded any of these specials. Because we had a VCR, and I recorded stuff all the time. But I guess it's like we said, you can't watch them outside of the Christmas season, and it worked. But looking back, I'm thinking, I should have recorded them just so that I could watch them from Thanksgiving until Christmas, whenever I wanted. I guess it was just that special thing where it was that night. You wanted that feeling for that night for each of those. Yeah, I like how it was. It still has that destination TV feeling like you need to. Yeah, Yeah, because they still advertise it today. I mean, it's still a thing. Yeah. The other day on one of the football games during a commercial, there was Frosty's coming up. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah, it's coming soon. Frosty. I was when the kids and I were watching the other day, like I said, they're. And to all the listeners out there on YouTube, there is a big like seven to nine hour block, whatever it is of the Rankin Bass collection. And it's an amazing quality. I posted it in the group. If you're a member of the group, check it out. If you're not, you should be a member of the group. But that's another story. We'll deal with that at another time. (laughs) But definitely, I mean, we watch so many of them and the kids love Frosty. I mean, 
just incredible to me it's still it's a goose bumper dude i'm like e. it gives me the good feelings happy birthday yes and for every one of the kids like what why does he say that i'm like that's just what he says <laughs> he doesn't he's a snowman he doesn't know anything how exactly. he knows the word happy birthday i don't know but yes then the voice actors everything is just it's a chef's kiss man yeah and that's that's a big thing with these Rankin Bass specials. They had such big names as the narrators. Like you've got Burl Ives that did Rudolph. You've got Jimmy Durante doing Frosty and singing the song. The second special that Rankin and Bass made was an animated one called Cricket on the Heart. And I don't know if you guys, either of you are familiar with it. I never saw it. Okay. So it was produced, I think, in conjunction with Danny Thomas because he narrates it in parts and plays one of the characters and like he introduces it on the DVD set that we have. And then Roddy McDowell is also, he plays Cricket Crockett, who's sort of a Jiminy Cricket knockoff, but not exactly. And then Marlo Thomas, Danny's daughter, plays his daughter in the cartoon. It's a cute little story. But then like you had Fred Astaire in Santa Claus coming to town as special delivery Klugler, the second best postal worker after Uncle Jamie Ward. Very true. But then you've got Angela Lansbury with The First Christmas, the story of The First Christmas Snow. You have Andy Griffith with Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which if you haven't seen that one, that's a really fun little special. That's a direct sequel to the original Frosty. Unlike the Frosty Returns that they made in, I think, the 90s with John Goodman doing Frosty's voice. And I love John Goodman, but it's just not a very good special. And it, I don't think it actually counts as a Rankin Bass. But then you've got Red Skelton on Rudolph's Shiny New Year. You have Roger Miller as the narrator on Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. Oh, I forgot all about Roger Miller doing that. Yeah. King of the Road. Yes. You've got Tom Bosley from Father Dowling Mysteries, Happy Days, doing The Stingiest Man in Town, which is, I had forgot this when we talked about our favorite versions of Christmas Carol, because that's what The Stingiest Man in Town is. But it's Walter Matthau playing Ebenezer Scrooge, and Tom Bosley plays B.A.H. Humbug Esquire. (laughs) He plays a little bug called Bah Humbug. Oh, wow. I I have not seen that one either. It's a pretty good telling of the Christmas Carol. But then you've got Mickey Rooney in Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. And one thing I like, they tied some of these together and made like a continuity of the story of like Santa Claus throughout most of these. And then they tie Rudolph and Frosty together, and then they tie them together with Mickey Rooney's Santa Claus. And they kept it pretty consistent. That was like a, a another holy trio. Yeah. Those three, Santa Claus coming to town, the year without a Santa Claus, and the Christmas in July. Yeah. Rudolph's Christmas in July. Was he also in Rudolph's Shiny New Year? Uh, no. That, no. Had, that had Red Skelton as the narrator, and then it had Maury Amsterdam did a couple of voices. Okay. From the Dick Van Dyke show. And that was another good one. That Some of these I don't think a lot of people have seen. If you have, I think it's Freeform now is what used to be the family channel that does the 25 days of Christmas. And then AMC also runs a lot of these, but you can find different DVD sets that have most or all of these that you can buy on like Amazon or whatever. That's how we have a number of these, but there are always a few we have to track down. True, true. Would you say most of this list is probably in that seven hour YouTube uh, marathon? 
Yeah, I was looking through the list as I was because there were several as we we're watching. Like I don't even know what this one is. There was stuff on there that I had never seen. Right. So and then like I said, their original run also. So it's I was just like, wow, this is really wild. And we had my, we fast forwarded through some of the stuff like the little drummer boy that the kids just weren't feeling. It was just too. It wasn't action packed enough for them. I'll, I'll I'll use that term, but. Right, and all those guys on there. I'm going to imagine most of these, like, like you said, you haven't seen a drill. We know Mike's a diehard, so he has seen all these. But I'm going to guess they probably went right to syndication back in the 70s and early 80s. Probably. I would they, say they weren't on network yeah. television. Like I know we're going to get to it a little bit later. The Yogi Bear one that was in syndication, right? Yeah, I think that's how a lot of the Hanna Barbera ones went were syndication. Was that because of like the whole library of Hanna Barbera, or would it just be the one show? Because isn't syndication like a thing where you have to have like a minimum number of episodes? Or I guess when I say syndication, it didn't go to your three main at the time. It was only ABC, NBC, CBS, and I guess if you wanted to count PBS. And then, like in Philadelphia, we had Channel 17, 29, and 48. It would air on one of the three UHF channels. Yeah. So maybe syndication is a bad term I'm using, but that's the type of uh, channels that they aired on. Right. It was more up for grabs in how it aired as opposed to being more major or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm guessing you could sort of bid or something on having those. Yeah. uh, Do you think ABC or whatever network was... Did they foot the bill for those productions or did they buy the production from the company? My guess is it was just mostly here. We'll dedicate these two nights a year to these two specials and we'll air those. We'll pay you X amount of dollars. And right. Ranking Bass goes to the networks and says, hey, take a look at this. Just like any other television show, you know, Dukes of Hazzard, whatever. The production company makes it. They offer it to the networks and the network either takes it or doesn't. And maybe these other ones, the networks didn't want anything to do with. Thus is how they ended up on the independent stations. That's the word. Not a syndication. Independent stations for programming. And independents were cheap. So Yes. And I think it was probably a case where your networks were probably only willing to dedicate like two one hour blocks or whatever for these specials because they had other programming. You know, you could work things around, but you couldn't fit in 10 different Rankin Bass specials into your schedule in a period. And then the networks had, you know, enough other Christmas specials. Like back when I was a kid, you had the Donnie Marie Christmas special. You had uh, variety shows. Right. All the variety shows at Christmas. You had your Bob Hope Christmas. You had your Bing Crosby Christmas, Sonny and Cher Christmas, all that kind of stuff. So cartoons, you know, you had to fin around the adult television. Right, right. Sammy Davis Jr. just chilling on some show. Yeah, babe. (laughs) Yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Flip Wilson dresses Geraldine singing Christmas carols. Yeah. Jamie, you mentioned before we got started that you really like the little drummer boy. I thought it was pretty good. I hadn't seen it in I'll bet since I was a little kid. And yeah. I tripped into it on of all places the other day when I was looking through, it was on the guide on AMC. Yeah. So I DVR'd it and I watched it like an hour or so later and it, it was a nice little story. I mean it's a little far fetched, but it's a kid's story. Right. What do you expect? And that's what you get with some of these, especially if they're not the like the major specials like the Rudolph and the Frosty. Some of them can get a little out there 
and a little goofy, but I think that's part of the fun to a lot of them too. And it's just total imagination with a lot of this stuff. And there's so much mystique and mystery around Santa Claus. As, as a kid, all this sounds plausible and, and real and could definitely be something that takes place. Like in Santa Claus is coming to town, how he was an orphan and given to the Pringle family of elves or whatever with the Wingle and Pingle and Dingle or whatever all the different Kringles were named. But, you know, it's an interesting little thing. And for kids, it's just all that wonder of they know who Santa Claus is, but they don't know, like, how did he become Santa Claus? That's kind of like the Tim Allen, the Santa Claus movies. You know, it was another thing for kids that grew up with that. It's like, that's a plausible story for how Santa Claus comes to be. Sure. Speaking of which, I see they, I'm going to have to check it out. Disney Plus has a show called The Santa Clauses. Yes. I think last year was the first season and we watched it and really enjoyed it. And now there's a second season that I think is still going on. It may have wrapped up. We were waiting for it to finish so we could binge it on like a Saturday. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Nowadays, not 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right, right. You have to watch it on time. Yeah, if you had a show you were watching back then, if you missed a week, you had to wait until June and hope that they re-ran that episode sometime right. during summer vacation. Hey, hey, back to Santa Claus coming to town. Tell me that Meister Burger wasn't one scary dude when you were a kid. Yeah, yes. You had to love it when he stripped on, the, what was it, a toy truck and he fell backwards and broke his leg and he winds up yeah. in a wheelchair. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that's quality television right there. Is, they don't it, make good like, shows like that anymore. Where he gets the yo-yo and he's showing that he's doing the tricks and his little son comes up and says, sir, you're breaking your own law against no toys. <laughs> but yeah, these things, they're just, they're magic, I think, is really what it boils down to. It's that magic of Christmas that comes through the screen with these things. And I don't know what I would pick as my favorite. For me, the Twas the Night Before Christmas one always stuck out a lot. And it was one that I made sure that we had to show Ashlyn when she was little. And it, we still watch it every year on Christmas Eve. We I haven't seen those. that one in a long time. Yeah. I don't know if they still show it on CBS anymore or not. I don't think so. I don't believe so. I think they're really just stuck to the couple because everything else is on ABC Family when it comes time. That, that's probably in that block, too. I think maybe they used to air that on Christmas Eve, but... I might be wrong. Well, my favorite part of Christmas Eve as a kid, or even the day before Christmas Eve, being off from school, so you're home, you know, watching television if you're not out with your buddies, and they're airing all the Christmas episodes, Christmas episodes of the, the Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island, all the repeats like that. Even the Sesame Street would have sure. their Christmas episode with Oscar skating around on the ice rink with the other guys. Yeah. yeah. But Mr. Hooper was still alive for that one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a sad day when Mr. Hooper died. I want to talk about some of these probably lesser known ones that I don't know if you guys would have seen them for sure or not. The Jack Frost that they came out with in 1979. Are you guys familiar with that one at all with Buddy Hackett playing? I, I saw it back in the day, but it's been out. years. Yeah. It's not a must-watch on our list, but we have definitely seen it. You talked about the Meisterburger. I think Kubla Krauss from the Jack Frost with his robotic horse and his knights, the robotic knights that he has doing his bidding and everything. I think he's right up there with the Burgermeister as far as villains in these Rankin-Bass specials. And a uh, uh, Buddy Hackett note also. If you ever really get a good look at that guy, you, you would probably think he is brothers to Wahoo McDaniel. Yes. Yeah, they. I never thought about it before, but now that you say it, very There's similar. Yeah, and he's also in my favorite version of Christmas Carol in Scrooged. Yeah, Buddy Hackett's cool, man. Yeah. 
like yeah. the most perfectly round yeah. nose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Jack Frost one, I remember kind of trying to think if it was in the rotation when I was a kid or not. I mean, I know I saw it as a child, but I can't remember. I mean, for me, it's 1A, 1 and 1A with Rudolph and Frosty. Always has been. It's kind of generic, but it is what that is. But with Jack Frost, I vividly recall watching it, but I don't remember like the same setup and the, the buildup as the other ones, where it would be a thing like, oh, my mom just got done watching Falcon Crest or whatever the hell she was watching. <laughs> and you should like, you got 20 minutes before bed. So we'd be flipping or whatever, trying to find something. And that, that was like one of the ones you would find. Right. Like, oh, 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 what is this? You know, it was like that kind of a Christmas special. Right, right. You know, you guys are children of the 80s. Once you got into the 80s, and I, I kind of mentioned it before, you had the advent of cable television. So some of these shows were now popping up on cable and not so much network TV anymore, or even the independent stations. They were going to the TBSs and the WGNs and the WORs and stations of that ilk. Yeah, when we got our big dish, that was when we were able to start getting all kinds of TV shows and stuff. Oh, you're a lucky man you had those dish. Yeah, like different sports from different towns, and but it was it take forever <laughs> to Did you ever watch that. like the... The late show with uh, Johnny Carson and uh, with no commercials. Yeah, because you would get stuff without commercials. It would right. just be like, it would either be the, the bars and it would say like the name of the show and it'd have the ticker running, or it would just be like the feed and they'd just be sitting there waiting to come back on the air. Right. Yeah, I had a buddy that had a dish, and this is the late 80s, and we used to go over to his house all the time and watch all the pay-per-views for nothing because he could, he could pick it all up. Nice, nice. And then they got around to where they started scrambling it and everything, but you know, up until like 1990 or 91, all those pay-per-views were just free out there if you had to dish it and the right way to get them and i see a lot of these secondary ones i never saw until ashlyn and i started watching this stuff on like freeform for the 25 days of christmas because we lived out in the country and didn't have cable and i don't remember any of the i think three until one of them became a fox affiliate so then we were down to just two uhf stations i don't remember them having any of these when i was a kid i think fox came into play around 86 yeah, 86, 87, somewhere in there, yeah. And so we went from three UHF stations down to two that we could get from Indianapolis. But like Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, that's a fun little special, but I didn't see it until 10 years ago or something. Same with Rudolph's Shiny New Year or Frosty's Winter Wonderland with Andy Griffith. But Santa Claus is coming to town and a year without a Santa Claus are two that I don't want to say they're like a notch below Rudolph and Frosty. I think it's just because they didn't get that primetime appointment television spots, but they're both excellent specials. That's because ABC kind of stuck. Santa Claus is coming to town. ABC would air in a primetime spot. However, the year without a Santa Claus got the seven o'clock Sunday slot. Okay. I also wonder if some of these were scheduled opposite. Like if you knew Charlie Brown Christmas was playing on NBC or whatever, you know, CBS isn't going to want to go against that with big shows. So that's where you'd throw a Jack Frost or something of that ilk, you know, that could still probably pull some people in. Maybe their antenna can't get NBC. (laughs) Right. right. So I would think like whenever one of the other stations had their powerhouse appointment TV, people aren't going to be missing this, but maybe they'll be checking this out. So maybe one of these were programmed opposite of those. Yeah, I kind of remember them most for the most part being on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, the Christmas shows. 
Friday and Saturday nights when I was a kid were actually the two big nights of television. Right. Like all the family was on Saturday nights and the CBS had a great lineup. It was Mary Tyler Moore, All in the Family, Good Times and the Jeffersons were on Saturday nights. That's a murderer's row. Right. Yeah. And usually during the weeknights, they would preempt like CBS's Tuesday night at the movies. Right. Yeah. To, to put on uh, Rudolph followed by Bing Crosby or. Right. Yeah. That's the kind yeah. of stuff you would sacrifice was your because back then every network had a night at the movies. Yes. One night a week where they didn't have regular programming. And yeah, so you'd sacrifice that. But I remember as a kid seeing Santa Claus is coming to town and the year without a Santa Claus, like back to back on a Saturday afternoon. Usually I think it was on ABC and it would be like your downtime between college football, regular season ending and bowl games starting. You'd have like maybe one or two weekends where there was time and those would get squeezed in on a Saturday afternoon there. And it was always Things we wouldn't know, you'd just find it. Right, you didn't have conference championship Saturday. So you had conference championship Saturday was normally Army-Navy. Yeah. And the bowl games didn't start until Christmas Eve. So you had all that time period yeah so they probably at one, one point i do remember them probably when you were younger them yeah. starting to slide a re-airing on a saturday afternoon that's why that i stuff. would catch those and it was one of those things where i could never remember the name of the one with the miser brothers but those songs that each of them sing they would get stuck in your head and you'd sing them for like weeks after you saw the special as a kid and then you just had to wait until it came around oh mr heat miser oh mr son <laughs> He yeah. minds, looks like Elton John circa <laughs> 78. <laughs> he does. Yeah, like the, the hair, like blown back, the crazy. So, that came oh, out in 74. It's, it's, I wonder if he modeled it after that, if he modeled his look after he buys her. <laughs> if he buys her as Elton John, then maybe David Bowie was. Uh, <laughs> What, what did they call the other guy? The uh, cold, not cold miser. I think it is cold miser. Isn't is it? it cold miser? No, it's everybody remembers heat miser, but Snow nobody miser. ever remembers the brother. Snow miser. Snow miser. That's it. Get a little. Now you said a little uh, David Bowie thing going on there. That's funny. <laughs> I'm freezing in a most peculiar way. And Mother Nature. Never fool yeah. Mother Nature. Yeah. And in I think it was 2008 Warner Brothers because I think they had kind of bought the remnants of Rankin Bass. They made a, it's called a Miser Brothers Christmas. And they actually got, I think, Mickey Rooney to do the voice. Oh, nice. And like Mother Nature was in it. And it was essentially a brother of theirs called the North Wind. He wanted to become Santa Claus. And so he's trying to do anything he can to stop Santa Claus so he can take over. Mickey Rooney lived to 2014. So, yeah, I think he did the voice of Santa Claus in this one, too. Well, you think they stole that plot from the Santa Claus 2 movie? (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. It's okay. We have it on DVD, but it doesn't look the same. It's very, I don't know, it's too polished and shiny and bright looking. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but yeah. uh, that's another one add to the list when the grandkids get a little bit older. Yeah. Oh, it's worth getting, yeah, but it's just, it doesn't have quite the same charm, and it's probably just because it's not the Rankin and Bass production people that made it, but I think the Nestor, the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey is kind of an underrated Rankin Bass special, and it's a cute little story about the poor little donkey that had the long ears that got made fun of, and then his mother died, and an angel came to him to tell him that he would 
you know, have an important purpose and everything. And Roger Miller, he narrates my favorite Disney movie of all time in Robin Hood. And so he kills it here too as the narrator. Is that one yeah, that I've, are into? I've never seen that one. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. It's worth checking out. Pinocchio's Christmas that they made in 1980. Eh, it's okay. It's, it's probably my least favorite on the list. And then our Newfoundland buddy, Ryan Wade, is a huge fan and proponent of the 1981 The Leprechaun's Christmas Goal. It's a very different, odd kind of story, but it's worth checking out at least one time. He hipped me to it, I don't know, three or four years ago, because I had never heard of it. And it hadn't been on any of the DVD sets we had up to that point. And then I found one that it was on. I think I tripped into this when it originally aired. Yeah. Because it kind of rings a bell with R. Carney being in a Christmas show. Yes, yeah. He plays Blarney Killikalarney, (laughs) one of the leprechauns. It's a cute little thing. It's very different. It's one that kind of exists outside of like the shared universe that you have with Rudolph, Frosty, and Santa Claus is coming to town. That grouping of characters and voice actors and everything. But then you've got like the Little Drummer Boy book too. We watched that today. It picks up basically where the first one leaves off and it's okay. It's in the lower third probably of the Rankin-Bass specials. Kind of a long the lines with the first Christmas that Angela Lansbury narrates. That's about a little boy who is struck by lightning and goes blind. He was a shepherd and it's him and his dog and his sheep. Three nuns take him in to help him because they see him get hit by lightning and he wishes for Christmas snow and it snows on Christmas and he gets his sight back. It's a cute little story, but it's, I think because it doesn't tie into some of those other more iconic characters, it doesn't resonate quite as much. But then there is the 1985, as I mentioned before, based on a book by Frank L. Baum that wrote the Wizard of Oz series of books called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. And in it, the great Ack, who's some like mythical, immortal character, he finds this baby that becomes Santa Claus. And first he gives it to a lioness to raise. And then like a wood sprite or something takes the baby and raises it. He sees different sides of humanity. And like at first they like have to convince him to become Santa Claus because he sees humanity is not a good thing and sees like the bad sides of humanity. But the thing that gets me with this is it's basically, Drew, this will really hit for you, I know, and probably for a number of our listeners. It may not mean anything to Jamie, but the voice cast for this is basically the voice cast from Thundercats. We talked about that the other day, didn't we? Yes. Oh, it's so, uh, yeah, the dad for, He's on uh, Huxtable's dad. Yes, Earl Hyman. He plays the villain. But then you've still got, you've got the voice actors that did Tigra and Snarf and Chitara and the big, the reptile guy. Slytherin or what the, no. Yeah, whatever, Slide, Slide. Yeah, Slide. So yeah, it's crazy. You're watching it and here's all these Christmas characters and it's literally the same voices even. Like, (laughs) it must be just their regular voices because they're not changing them really for these characters in this. So it's literally like you're watching Thundercats, (laughs) but, but with a completely different set of characters, but the same voices. There's a cartoon on PBS called Nature Cat, and Tatum and Gemma loved it when they were little, little. And we always would watch Saturday Night Live, and sometimes Tatum would, she was kind of a a late, she would stay up late a lot. But we would always watch Saturday Night Live, and it's Taryn Killam, Kate McKinnon, Keenan, Bobby Moynihan. Oh, what's her name? Kristen Wiig. You know, this group of castmates, and they are all the voices on Nature Cat. <laughs> so the girls are watching Nature Cat, and Tatum is like, "That's Keenan." 
<laughs> you know, talking. <laughs> and she's like, I did. She's like, these are the people from Saturday Night Live. That's them talking. That's crazy. And I didn't. I was like, no, it's not. And then at the end, I was like, is it? No, I'm sure enough. Going through the credits, I was like, it's all of them. It's the whole cast of SNL. And I wish Ashland would have watched that one. <laughs> I love Bobby Moynihan. I think he's underrated. It's really funny. Yeah, it's educational in nature stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, speaking of Bobby Moynihan and Christmas, how about the skit with him and Justin Timberlake on the uh, <laughs> competing corners as, as Santa Claus? Yes. All of those little, like, Biscuitville and whatever. The, yeah. yeah the I think Justin Timberlake things. <laughs> Bring it on down to Biscuitville. Yeah, those are so funny. But if we're going to talk SNL here, you open the door, Drew. Uh-oh. My favorite, I always record, or I think you can just watch it on Peacock now, the SNL Christmas special that they run every year. But my favorite recurring thing that they would do was the song that Horatio Sands, Jimmy Fallon, Chris Kattan, and Tracy Morgan would do. And it was just Horatio Sands singing and playing some kind of little guitar-type instrument, Jimmy playing the keyboard, and then Tracy Morgan doing this crazy little dance, just kind of shimmying his body, and Chris Kattan just kind of turning his head to the camera to the beat or whatever. Oh, he was holding the keyboard for Jimmy. Yes, and then but he didn't turn his head. And it's the funniest thing. If you've never seen it, I'll post it in the group. There's on YouTube, there's like a, a two hour long compilation because they did it like I don't know, six, seven, eight years in a row. Like and they'd change the lyrics just a little bit. Like even there's even one with Horatio and the Muppets doing it. And but there's somebody put it together like back to back to back to back for like two hours. What and is it just a watch it, generic song they make up yeah i always loved how horatio was so passionate when he sang it yes yes i don't care what your mama says <laughs> yes it's it is so funny i need oh. to see this because it's gotten past me when i I'll, watch the christmas i'll find it and i'll send you a link it's truly like it fits right in the pocket of dumb funny <laughs> but it's just <laughs> it makes me giggle and i can't help but just crack up watching tracy morgan Yes. And to me, he's one of the he's one of my favorite people. I think he's hilarious. But then you got the classics like the sweaty balls. The yes. sweaty balls is a riot. The, yeah. the, one, the one my wife and I like is Fallon and Tesla Strong. Baby, it's cold outside, and he's trying to get her out of the apartment instead of letting her stay all night long. <laughs> my new favorite from I don't know, probably the last ten years that they've done, it's Keenan, and then I think it the, the two singers were Sashir and then Cecily and it was something claws. I posted it in the group a few weeks ago, but it's hilarious. Like it's if you've been naughty and you're on Santa's naughty list, something claws will still bring you something. Because everybody's getting something. <laughs> and it's Keenan as something claws and like it you get into the song and it turns out he used to work for Santa and then he and Mrs. Claus had a little something going on. <laughs> so, oh, okay. I, Kicked out of the North Pole. <laughs> we just, Drew just died. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'll post that too. But Jamie, I'm sending you the, I wish it was Christmas today. It sounded like Mrs. Claus made sure everybody got something too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the 12 minute version. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Of, you, of you, you won't be able to post that one into this podcast. That's too long to 12 minutes. Right. I, I might be able to splice a little bit of it in there. Probably not too much just because. What a riff. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. 
There was one with maybe Beck Bennett is his name. I'm not, I think it's something like a alliterative name like that, but it's him and Kristen Wiig and she's the wife and he's the husband and it's Christmas morning and she opens this little box and it's a key for a car. Yes. And they go out in the driveway and he's like, okay, Alexis. And she's like, what the fuck, Harold? <laughs> you don't even have a job. Yes. And then the neighbor <laughs> hears all the commotion. He comes over. He's like, what the hell, man? You come over to my house yesterday begging me for five grand. Get back on your feet. And you bought a fucking car. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, what's the big deal? And he like pulls a beer out of his sweater. Yes, yes that is great. I love hey, that one. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but back to Rankin Bass. What is the, uh, the overall consensus when, if you're going to put together a, a top three Rankin Bass specials, these are my, I'm not missing these, absolute Christmas destination TV, which ones are you going with? Let's expand it to four and do your Mount Rushmore of Rankin Bass. Okay. Just because that way I don't have to pick as tough a choice. <laughs> Letting them off the hook here, Drew. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Let's hear the Mount Rushmore here. All right. If I was picking four Rankin Bass specials to be my Mount Rushmore, clearly Rudolph and Frosty are holding down the first two spots. There's no two ways around that. Coming in third for me would be Twas the Night Before Christmas. And then I think taking that fourth spot in a contested battle here is the year without a Santa Claus just edging out both Santa Claus is coming to town and Frosty's Winter Wonderland. So what about you, Jamie? What would be your four? You have three of my four, but my fourth one is Santa Claus coming to town. And that would actually be ahead of the Twas the Night Before Christmas. All right, Drew. What's your group? Rudolph, Frosty, Santa's coming to town, Twas the Night Before Christmas. That's what it's got to be. That's a good consensus there. Yeah. We're all right. If, if anybody else has a different opinion, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that also speaks to like those... <laughs> were the ones that were in the rotations, you know, the right. readily available. and Yeah, you could see those pretty much every year, at least three of the four. Did you guys ever go to the dollar store and see that they're selling DVDs and it's Santa Claus coming to town and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then you get home and you're thinking, oh, now you have them, and you put them in, and it's like generic stuff from like the 1920s? Yes, yes, I've seen that or <laughs> Just even... Today, I was trying to find the life and adventures of Santa Claus. I'm positive. We've watched it the last couple of years on YouTube, but every YouTube search I was finding was from a cartoon that was made in like the 70s or 80s and wasn't a Rankin-Bass production. It was something different. So I ended up having to shell out five bucks to sign up for AMC Plus so that we could watch it to complete the Rankin-Bass viewing experience today. You know, if you go on Tubi and look up the Christmas stuff, there's a whole bunch of cartoons from like the 40s and 50s on there. Really? Christmas okay. cartoons with, with Rudolph and Santa. And I, I was surprised about Rudolph because I didn't realize the song was that old. Yeah. Now I'm curious how old the song actually is. There's something about Burl Ives singing that song. Yep. He's but like, Gene Autry's the one that made it, made it popular. Yeah, the one that the kids hate, Dean Martin's version, where he's like doing the German. <laughs> Is that what he calls the red-nosed reindeer? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Won't you drive my sleigh tonight? Yeah, I love Dean Martin though. Yeah, it's a, you know, you know these three sheets of the wind when he's like, recording that stuff. On, done, tie off and shit, you know, just martini. Yes, yeah. We have an Italian restaurant in the town that I uh, work out of called Remarco's. And when you walk in and you feel like you're in an old Italian place, like in Italy, 
because it's like all wood and stuff, and they play nothing but Dean Martin music over and over again See, as Reed Dinner. And, and I'm just picturing, as Drew just said, I'm just waiting for Dean to come like out of the kitchen with <laughs> the glass in his hand. That would be and amazing. A and a microphone in the other one. That would have been amazing. Yeah, I love Dean Martin. I, he was great. He's in one of my all-time favorite John Wayne movies. Wasn't on the Bob Hope Christmas special when he would do the uh, All-American team announcements? Yes. Yeah. New Year's. I couldn't remember. I can't remember. And, and quite a few famous players oh, yeah. appeared on that show. You just unlocked a memory there, Drew. I completely forgot about but I do remember that as a kid. Yeah. Wow. Imagine if they did second team, we would have got to see Brian Pillman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So, yeah, the Rudolph song came out in 1949. The story, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, came out in 1939, published by a different branch of the Ward family. The Montgomery Ward Company put out the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story. I've been told I'm related to them. True or not, I don't know, but I've been told right. I was related. Related to them and Jefferson Ward and Procter & Gamble, but that's... <laughs> Right. Like like at least 10 cousins removed. Oh, yeah. Still try to get some shampoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got any of them travel soaps? Come on, man. Yeah. The other big production company for Christmas specials that I remember as a kid was Hanna-Barbera. And I think it's because they had such an expansive list of characters and shows that they put out a number of Christmas specials. But those were harder to find sometimes. Like they didn't seem to always get the primetime spots. You know, you had the Smurfs, you had the Yogi Bear, All-Star Comedy Christmas Caper. There was a Jetsons Christmas Carol, which I faintly remember. I saw that as a kid, unless they updated it again in the 90s. Did they did one with He-Man? Yes, there was a He-Man Christmas. That's where wait, wait, wait a minute. He-Man was Christmas? Yes. Did you not know yeah. that they celebrated Jesus' birth on in Eternia? Eternia, yeah. I did not know that. That's the one where Skeletor said, I don't want to feel good. I like feeling evil. Nah. Yeah. There are a couple of different Smurf Christmases. We've watched both of those already. I think we found those on Max, maybe. And then you've got, there's two different Yogi Bear. And credit to Jamie, because I'm not sure I had seen either of these before you mentioned Yogi's First Christmas. Yogi's First Christmas, that was one of those that I was trying to come up with before. It was on an independent station out of Philadelphia, and they actually made a big deal about it the first time that it aired. It's a good special. I like it a lot. And then they did the Yogi's All-Star Comedy Christmas Caper. And Hannah Barbera was also the Flintstones. They had to do three or four yeah. Christmas specials, including one with the Pebbles and Bam Bam gang. Yes, because they had, in season five of the Flintstones show, they had an episode titled A Christmas Flintstone. And that's one of two Flintstone Christmas specials where Fred has to fill in because Santa Claus either got hurt or got sick. And Fine substitute Fred Flintstone. Yes. Can't go wrong with Freddy. That's right. How old the ghost of Christmas past for Fred Flintstone would be. <laughs> like as old as Dave Jordan. <laughs> he watched Greg Good grow up. Oh, you just beat me to it. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> so they also had the Flintstone Christmas Carol, which is an excellent version of a Christmas Carol. If you haven't seen that. Yeah, that's from like later in the 70s, early 80s. That one. That's a good one. And then they also had 
the Flintstone family Christmas. And I think that's the one where Pebbles and Bam Bam were grown up and like had their own kids. And oh, really? Were, that's that's far in advance. Okay, I, I think that's so. I think that's the one where they're trying to come home for Christmas, and in the meantime, Fred and Wilma take in an orphan kid that was causing trouble. I think originally, like he and a friend of his mugged Fred and Barney. And then they point him out at the police station and they're going to take the kid to like the social worker comes to take the kid away and Wilma and Fred bring the kid and they're trying to teach him about Christmas and the Christmas spirit and everything because he's been an orphan his whole life and never had anybody that did that for him. So that one's pretty good too. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Flintstones really in any form or fashion. No, especially with the time period, you don't have to worry about updating to modern times. Yeah. When you're watching one of those. Where does the Grinch who stole Christmas fit into your guys' Christmas watch list? Oh, that's right near the top for me. That would have probably been my number five. There was just something about that Twas the Night Before Christmas with the mice that just, yeah. you know, got to me as a kid. And I, you know, always had fond memories of that. I mean, Joel Gray. Yeah. But was a pretty big star when I was a kid. And, you know, having him and George Goble in the same cartoon. But the Grinch, I mean, you you had Tony the Tiger. So it's it's real close. We'll break out the Kerplunk, Kerplui line from Was the Night Before Christmas when something goes wrong or something breaks. But yeah, The Grinch is one of the all-time classic Christmas specials. And I've never seen the like live action version with Jim Carrey or whatever, because I didn't want it to taint the wonderful memory I have of the original cartoon with Boris Karloff. My kids, we took to see that. Jamie was real little and we went to see that. And even my wife, all three of them loved the movie. I hated it because it wasn't the cartoon. And that's how I think I would probably feel. So when I try to show them the cartoon, that's not as good as the movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's one of those things. If you saw the original, you're not wild about the movie. But if you didn't see the original and you only saw the movie, then when you go to watch the original, it doesn't hold up to the movie in their eyes. They're wrong, but (laughs) in their eyes. Yeah, the movie doesn't bother me. I I mean, it's okay. It's done well you know it's not an embarrassment or a disgrace to the original but it's just not the original you know nothing right. but actually i think on peacock right now there's the live like broadway production of the grinch and we just watched it the other weekend when Gemma was here she's really into like the spongebob one is on either paramount or max and it's like the broadway version live she'd been watching that she's of course watching grease all the time right Anything like Xanadu, anything musical, she's watching it. And we came across the Grinch. She's like, I'm watching this. So I was like, all right. And it was really, really good. And as far as like play productions and stuff go, they did a really cool job with it. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's on Peacock. Well, hey, all right. you just opened up a rabbit hole. Go back to the cartoon version of SpongeBob Christmas. That was excellent. SpongeBob is a very underrated cartoon, even though it's highly rated by the kids. Yeah, both my kids grew up watching it, and so did I. And I had a guy that, that I used to work with. Him and I would, you know, compare notes on SpongeBob each week. Back in the days when they actually had a new one each week. How about, here's one of my favorite Christmas special cartoons. Well, I have two that I wanted to talk about. Well, here's the first one. I think it was 82, maybe, 83. But the Chipmunks Christmas. Yes. Yes, I was a huge Chipmunks mark when I was a kid. And and when I, there's a Christmas special? It was like one of those things. Like, what? And always watch that one. So that's that's one of my five moves. <laughs> yeah, that was 
That, that was a good one because about chipmunks, but they were over with me. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, you had the chipmunk song, but there was no chipmunk. Well, there was chipmunk cartoons, but they were so old that you very rarely did they ever air in reruns. So when Ed, what was it NBC came up with the chipmunks on? They were one of the first Saturday, Saturday mornings cartoons I remember too. Yeah. And then they did yeah, that Christmas yeah. special; it was really good. And also the later in the eighties, probably eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety in that area the Garfield Christmas where they go back to the farm with Doc Boy. Boy. (laughs) That is, dare I say, even above the Rankin Basses for me, the Garfield Christmas one, just, it reminds me of my grandma. Okay. The grandma in the cartoon and the cat and him, the grandma palling up and Odie making him the back scratcher and stuff. It's just, it's, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect, you know, and it starts off with Garfield eating 30 lasagnas on his way to the Christmas tree, John <laughs> luring him out of bed. It's just amazing, man. I love Garfield. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah, I didn't see a lot I mean, of the cartoon, but I saw the movie. I enjoyed the movie when it came out. Was that later 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, there's a, there's many of them. It's like Garfield's become like the Fast and Furious. There's like 27 of them. Yeah. Kind of like other Ernest movies. Garfield goes to prison. Yeah, Ernest saved Christmas. I remember that one. <laughs> There's a, there's was, a movie Eric in that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Three-legged cat. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So I want to echo both of those. I loved the chipmunk Christmas. That's the one with the golden echo harmonica, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Alvin gives his harmonica to the sick little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Garfield Christmas, I tell you right up there with like Charlie Brown or classic three holiday specials are the Garfield Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas specials. All three are fantastic. So if you haven't seen the other ones, you should check those out too. But yeah, I forgot about Doc Boy. That is so funny. He kind of <laughs> looks like uh, <laughs> the guy from <laughs> the Robert Rude shirt. <laughs> Hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> some, they're just some I love that when they're like, hey dad, can we go open presents? He's like, it's one o'clock in the morning, get in bed. Well, it's technically Christmas. Yeah. Get in bed. Well, you're not wrong. It is Christmas. I know I'm right. You know I'm right. That's another one. The kids love it too, thankfully. So it's always on our list. And for me, it's probably, like I said, dare I say, my favorite of all the holiday shows. We haven't got to either of those yet so far, but they're ones that we watch every year. Did you ever get into any of the like the kitschy ones like Pac-Man or oh, we just talked about it. I already lost it. Is that what you were going to say? The He-Man one? Yeah, the He-Mans are, you know, like the gimmicky kind of stuff. Did G.I. Joe have a Christmas special? <laughs> Not that I remember. I mean, the He-Man one was great. Now, here's one that I only remember seeing once as a kid, and it's because we were in at my grandparents' house on like a Saturday or Sunday, and they had cable. So I think it was on USA that I saw this back in the day. It was called The Christmas Raccoons, and apparently it was like a cartoon out of Canada. Rich Little does like the narration for this, and it's these three raccoons. I think it's a brother and a sister and then like their friend, and some evil like aardvark or something is cutting down all the trees in the forest, and they're like cutting down down the tree that they live in or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it's one that I saw. I was probably like eight or nine. And I'm like, how come I can't ever see this? And I thought for the longest time that it was like a fever dream situation and it wasn't real because I couldn't find it. Did I daydream that at school? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, 
like I had this memory, clear memory of watching it in the spare bedroom at my grandparents' house where like all the toys were for when the grandkids would be there, you know. I knew I had seen it, but I couldn't find anything about it. And then, I don't know, a few years ago, I found it on YouTube. I'm going to send a link to both of you guys so you can see if you've if it jogs your memory at all, if you've seen it. But it came out in 1980, but this would have been like 87, 88 that I remember seeing it. I have never seen it, but believe it or not, on local sports talk the other morning, they were talking about this one. Really? Yeah. John Ritchie, former NFL running back for the Eagles okay. and the Raiders. Yeah. They were talking about their favorite Christmas stuff. And he said the Christmas raccoons with Rich Little. And like the other people on the show had no idea what he was talking about. I'd heard about it before, but but I'd never seen it. But uh, he really liked it. It's like, I don't know, like 30 minutes, maybe. It's different. It's not like a lot of other ones, but it's pretty good. We try and watch it every year. Maybe I'll watch it at lunch tomorrow in between delivering 577 packages. Yeah. We thank you for your service, sir. Yes, we do. Uh, you're welcome. And take care of your letter carriers, people. Yeah. They're out there delivering for yeah. you. Is it weird that I leave a water bottle in the mailbox? Not at all. I'm sure they appreciate it. I just worry, though, because like on a summer day, like I put it in there in the morning when I go to work before the sun's up and then it's just in there forever. How long? Hopefully yeah. it's not boiling. Maybe hopefully maybe they got ramen they need to make. And, and I no, I can almost guarantee you that when they open up that mailbox, they're probably at the point where they're pretty low on water and they're like, oh, thank God. We appreciate that kind of stuff in the summertime. Especially around Christmas, we try and set out a little container with like the little snack bags of like cookies and crackers. and Oh, yeah, it's always a kind of stuff you know always a good thing mon pathes are old school they still put a check in an envelope and paper clip it to the mailbox right <laughs> yeah that that's what most of my stuff is uh, now it's usually an envelope with cash inside we've done gift cards but before. i get che- i get checks every now and then i get a lot of uh, you guys are familiar with wawa oh yeah uh we i get a lot of wawa gift cards there you go it's lunch several times yep that's the way i look at it and I'm grateful for it because, you know, not everybody uh, takes care of the mailman at Christmas time. And those that do, I try to give extra special service to all during the course of the year. These are hero type jobs, man. Yeah. The and mail's got to move to keep the world churning. The people that are really underappreciated, and I make sure I take care of them every year at my own house, is the trash men. Yeah. I can put out anything I want and they'll take it. My neighbor will put the amount of stuff I have and they'll be picky. They take of his. And the guy said to me one time, he goes, you believe that they'll take all yours, but they don't take all mine. I said, well, at Christmas time, you go out to the truck and, you know, show your appreciation. He's like, no, I never did that. And I said, well, that's probably why they're not taking all your trash because they don't have to. You could have messed with them back. Well, your wife was out there the other day. She looked very (laughs) (laughs) appreciative. They looked like they were taking out the trash. (laughs) I know when I was a a kid, my mom would always make up a container of cookies and leave in the mailbox for our mailman. Because, you know, living out in the country, it was the the rural route drivers, their car up and everything. And she'd always, you know, leave a big container of cookies and something else out there for them, you know. Yeah, I get somebody that leaves me a box of cheese. The cheese and sausage boxes from like... uh, Three Farms. Hickory Farms, that's it. Yeah. Every year they'll leave me Hickory Farms, and I actually like it. it. It'll be a couple months before I can eat it all. But I used to love looking through those catalogs my grandma would get of those, and I'd just be like staring at like the Petty Fours. Remember those old? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man, I would love to have this one. Look at that. Oh, this got two different kinds of sausages in here. They're yeah, one of the right. few companies that still send out catalogs on a you fairly consistent the- basis. 
hickory the little jars of mustard. Oh yeah. The marmalade and all that stuff. Is, yeah. Crackers, the original Sean Connery board. That's right. That's right. Except it was in a box. It comes in a Step box. Step one, put your stuff in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to somebody for Christmas. Hickory Farms in a box. <laughs> or as, as, as Cartman sang about, there's also Swiss Colony. Yes, that was the Swiss other Colony, one. Swiss Colony, yeah. There's something else that I go through every year and watch. I haven't let Ashland watch them yet just because they're <laughs> so, so yeah. wrong. But the South Park Christmas episodes, there's a number of excellent South Park episodes. There's the Mr. Hankey, like the original Mr. Hankey. Then there's the one where they put out like a CD with all these different songs that they did. And one of them was Cartman singing about the Swiss colony beef log. <laughs> it's great. One of my favorites, absolute favorites. And then there's the, the year where Cartman wrote a story and was reading it in class. And it was called A Woodland Critter Christmas. We're not going to go into the details of it on here but if you like south park you know this episode i'm sure it ends up where it's really just a chance for him to rip on kyle but it's a very funny little story well since we're into adult theme things right now have you ever stayed up on christmas eve and watched adults swim i'm an adult on, swim fan but i don't know that i've necessarily tuned on, in on christmas eve well i used to stay up and put the kids toys together and they haven't done it in probably five to ten years but they used to have a uh, like Robot Chicken Christmas and some other ones where like Santa's a psycho killer and <laughs> when he's done delivering, he goes to like the crack neighborhoods and picks up hoes in L.A. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong, but, so wrong, but, it, but it, 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 they're funny. Yeah, great. I love Robot Chicken. I'm going to have to look and see if I can find is just the Robot Chicken Christmas. Is that Seth Green that does that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And he gets the, the guest stars. I mean, it's a who's who that appears on that show. Yeah. I love that. There's the one where it's like all the heels, Skeletor and Cobra Commander and Mumra and a couple other guys are in a car at a traffic jam <laughs> and yes. E-Man and like a couple other guys pull up and they're just fucking with them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> er, er, hey, shitheads, what are you doing? Robot Chicken's cool. I wonder how he gets the rights to do some of those characters. A lot of connections in the Hollywood game. I yeah. Know. Well, and some of it's got to fall under like the parody. Yeah. You know, where you can you can do so much. Yeah, that's the only John man. They can't bust you for seeds. Yeah, but <laughs> things like Fred having a three way with Daphne Ovelmo with Shaggy watching. I don't. <laughs> How do you get away with that kind of stuff? Roro Raggy. <laughs> but that's not Christmas. Go, go ahead. Yeah, we, we got all Christmas there. Yeah, did anybody ever check out the Cabbage Patch Kids Christmas special in 84? Don't remember that one. No. I guarantee you I didn't. Women were getting trampled by other women in stores over a Cabbage Patch doll. Let me tell you, we just watched last weekend, maybe two weeks ago. I don't remember now. It just came out either last year or the year before. It is on Max, I think. It's called An 8-Bit Christmas. And if you have not watched that, you especially, Drew, because That's you... That's one that didn't... Uh, was it Neil Patrick Harris that made yes, it? Yes, yes. I have not seen it yet, believe it or okay. not. It's been in my so, queue forever, though. Yeah, it's on Max. Here's the cast. And I assume you'll know most of these names anyway. Neil Patrick Harris... Steve Zahn, David Cross, June Diane Raphael. I don't know her. I bet if you saw her, you would know her. I think she did some like Adult Swim stuff. She's married to Paul Shear. That was in. He was in a number of those like live action Adult Swim 
shows like the hospital one, whatever it was called. I think he was in it, some of those things, but it is a total like eighties nostalgia. All the fads, all the crazes. I mean, it's like, it's Neil Patrick Harris telling his daughter about, like they go to his parents' house and nobody's there yet for Christmas. And so they sit down to play his NES and he's talking about how he got his Nintendo. And it's like him reminiscing back about his childhood. It's very much in the same sort of vein as Christmas Story as far as the feel that you get from the movie. And speaking of that, if you haven't seen the a Christmas story story sequel that they made just the last couple of years. That's phenomenal. We watched a Christmas story just the other night. We'll be hitting a Christmas story story probably this weekend, if not tomorrow night or Friday night, since we have the NXT show on Saturday night. Yeah, Christmas Story Story was very good. Yeah, I was going to say, I enjoyed it very much. But me and the guys at work were just talking about this at break the other day. One of the guys I mentioned, he's like, hey, I just saw Christmas Stories coming on TV now. We're going to start seeing it all the time. I was like, have you guys seen a Christmas Story Story? And then a few of the guys were like, oh, damn, man. You know, and just shitting on it just because it wasn't the original, which... Well, you know, we talked about with the Grinch, you know, you know the original is the original, but this is, I think it's really true to the, to the original. It's a really, I, I don't know, I think it's a great sequel. It's much it's better than the, I don't know if you caught that, I mentioned it the other day. They did a yeah, an actual Story sequel, yeah. Christmas Story 2, which isn't that, yeah, that good with the guys as teenagers. Right. Yeah, trying fun. to buy a car nice. and uh, <laughs> who did I say it was Daniel Stern's the old man yeah in that version I think the thing that makes a Christmas story story work is Ralphie is Ralphie and they brought back like Scott Farkas and I think Flick maybe the other guy too I mean it was the same actors they've got everybody except for the mom yeah and she was and still alive at that point she was she, she just, recently died she did she had retired from acting and didn't want to come back and do it I don't think but it had the same feel and the same heart that the original. And that's what this 8-bit is. Yeah. Great description. Yeah, this 8-bit Christmas has that same heart and same feel to it as A Christmas Story. So it's definitely something you should check out. Like I said, it's on Max. You can watch it easily there. Yeah, I think I've got it in my queue. I think it's on a couple different platforms, and I've got it queued up on a few different things i believe yeah it'd be a good one to watch with the girls that's what i was I gonna say we'll, we'll probably watch it this weekend there you go that could be your lead in to nxt if you're watching that on saturday i don't know what we're doing this weekend i gotta figure out what i'm gonna hide all these christmas presents <laughs> i got how about any of the newer christmas specials do you guys watch any of those there's two that we really love, and we watch those every year on Christmas Eve, along with Twas the Night Before Christmas, and that is Prep and Landing and Prep and Landing 2. They're both Disney cartoons. They're like half an hour long, and they have Dave Foley doing the voice as like the main character. He's an elf that is in charge of prepping houses for Santa to land and bring the toys in and everything. And like he gets disillusioned with his job. He's training a new guy and he's disillusioned with his job and isn't taking it seriously. And this one kid nearly misses Christmas and they have to save it. It's really cute. And then the second one, he has to work with his older brother, who's a coal elf. Like there's a whole other separate group of elves that deal mining coal for the naughty kids. And they have to work together to go retrieve something from a naughty kid that stole like the little, I don't know, tablet kind of thing that the prep and landing elves use. They have to go get it back because this kid's trying to make every kid on the nice list. But they're very cute. They're very good. It's kind of interesting. I've seen two different kind of elves. I never thought about. 
Yeah. Something like that. In the second one there, his brother is played by Rob Riggle. Oh, I love Rob Riggle. Yes. You can imagine the performance you're going to get. And it's he, 100% what you he, get from Rob he's Riggle. He's great in everything. Yes. Yes. I loved him as the realtor on Modern Family. Modern Family. Yes. Yeah. Phil's rival. Gil. Gil Thorpe, right? Gil Thorpe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the newer ones that the girls love is not the return of Frosty. I don't want to say it's the legend of Frosty, the snowman. It's the kid's dad is the principal of the school and he's like kind of the leader of the town and everybody's in their house by eight and the kids are all well behaved and everybody's by the book and stuff. But this kid's kind of mischievous and he gets into the basement of the school and he finds these documents about Frosty, the snowman, and he opens another box and he finds that hat so of course frosty comes around you know shenanigans ensue and then the guy who wants to be the mayor and in charge of the school and the town and everything gets control of it and basically uses it against the other kid's dad and it's a whole christmas debacle but it's a really interesting one i always thought it was like bing crosby or something doing the voice it's like a crooner kind of voice i think it was the dude to play dauber on coach Yes, I just, I looked this up. Burt Reynolds is the narrator. How the hell have I never seen this? It's on Peacock. We are watching it tomorrow. It, it's really, it's a cool one. It, it, and it's kind of, like I said, it's a modern twist on it. I want to say it's 2000s. Now you yeah. say Burt Reynolds. I know what he's talking about. I, I've, yeah, I've been through know, it, but I never paid it. His brother's like a by the book, you know, never in trouble. And he's the one that's always like late or not listening so good. <laughs> But it turns out, you know, his dad was just like he is, you know, so. And then, like I said, it's a, the magic of Christmas conquers all. That's what's great yeah. about all Christmas specials. In the yeah. end, the magic of Christmas is. I can't wait to watch this. And, you know, what you just said right there, that's a key component of a Christmas special. It's the magic of Christmas and the Christmas spirit maybe changing someone. This is for you, Tim Graff, because we had this discussion in a different Facebook group, if I remember correctly. I think this was over in the Breaking Kayfabe group the other day. Someone was saying that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. And I explained to Tim how it most definitely is. And his argument was, there's no person being changed by the Christmas spirit. And I said, no, no, no. That is a tenant of Christmas specials. They are heavily based on the Christmas spirit changing someone. Christmas movies don't necessarily require that. So it's exactly what you said there, Drew. And I can't wait to watch this now. Ashlyn and I may even watch it tonight instead of the other thing that we watch that's off from Christmas specials is the Office Christmas episodes every year. So we've watched Yankee Swap. We've watched Benihana Christmas. I was going to say make a mark on my hand so I know who I am. (laughs) So we've watched the Moroccan Christmas. We're ready for classy Christmas. She wanted to start it last night and it was like a quarter till 12. And I said, no, I've got editing I need to do. You need to go to bed. So that was what we were planning on watching late tonight. That may get replaced with the legend of Frosty. It's a really good way. It's, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes. It's not a super long one, I don't think. I was sold as soon as I saw Dauber and Burt Reynolds. That right there was enough for me. That's good. That's an all-star cast in its own. Yes. Just those two guys. Yeah, plus Larry Miller's in it. He plays the principal. He always plays a good... Yeah, show. he's kind of got that receding... <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not the guy that... Uh, gosh... I can picture him in a hundred things, but I can't name it. He's the guy that would be like the mean teacher on a show like Parker Lewis Can't Lose or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of role he plays in almost everything. Yeah. But yeah, you, you guys will definitely dig that one, man. Oh, yeah. It becomes part yeah. of your guys rotation too because that's one of our five kevin nashers man that's our <laughs> five kevin nash christmas specials 
I'll definitely make sure I get the grandkids to watch that one when they get a little bit older. I'm trying to think of what other newer ones we watch. There's a Shrek one that's pretty good. Shrek the Halls. Yes. And there's a Toy Story one that I think is based around the little girl from like Toy Story 3 or 4 that where Andy gives his toys to the little girl. Okay, yeah. And she goes over to a friend's house to play like the day after Christmas or something. The lizard and dude. she brings all her toys and they like all he wants to do is play this new video game he got. So her toys go to play with the toys that this kid got and hijinks ensue. As the TV guide used to say for all of your sitcoms. Before I forget, I want to double back to the legend of Frosty. It's one, you could watch all the Frosties in order, like watch the original one. If I remember right, the story is kind of the dad and the legend of Frosty was one of the kids. Okay. When Frosty. Cool thing so i think there is like a tie in there okay yeah i can't wait to check that one out then because i love frosty and i love frosty's winter wonderland i do not care for frosty returns and ashland loved it as a kid she loved it so we would watch it every year is that the andy griffith one no that's frosty's winter wonderland frosty returns was made sometime in the 90s yeah, I was going to say maybe late 90s. And I think John Goodman does the voice of... Oh, okay. Yeah, I have seen that one. Of Frosty. In 1992, it came out. And, like, it's got a good cast. Like, Jonathan Winters is the narrator, and Brian Doyle Murray plays the bad guy. So, like, the voices are good and all, but I just don't care for it too much. I guess because I always kind of compared it to the original, and it was nothing like the original. It was very different. So, I guess I should... Look at it with a different perspective. Maybe we'll rewatch it this year. Since you brought up the 90s, what did you think about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? <laughs> we dig that one, man. The kids like it, too. They're, I don't know. They like You had to follow up with the song, and I thought they did pretty well. I don't think I've ever seen that. But well, it's like they that's have your homework little, assignment, Mike. They have a little store in like downtown New York, let's say, just for city purposes a a huge metropolitan downtown area and they have a little store and this corporation keeps trying to buy it so they can build another skyscraper and grandma won't sell out she just runs her her store but she gets run over by a reindeer and she gets amnesia one of the greedy grandkids or cousin mel pieces or something yeah gets like power of attorney or whatever and tries to sell it and the one of the the grandkids is fighting to get grandma's memory saved and of course shenanigans and hijinks ensue and then the power of christmas comes through in the end whammo yeah i highly recommend it mike i i enjoyed it so did my kids at the time and even my wife enjoyed it and she's when it comes to cartoons tara can be a little highbrow once in a while let me look around make sure she didn't hear that and it, <laughs> it, it, it is it's a good heartwarming one to have the whole family around it's a good one well it's, it's, a, on. it's cool to the song you know and it's true to the song and it's you know grandma legitimately gets ran over by a reindeer <laughs> <laughs> this episode's going to come out well after this airs, but it's on AMC coming up at 5 a.m. on December 12th. So I will record it on the DVR we have through Sling, and we'll get that watch next week. Yeah, it's another one you'll make maybe 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Sounds over an hour or anything like that. It's reasonable. We're always up to find something new to add into the rotation because 
there are certain ones that we watched this year specifically for this episode of the podcast that Ashlyn decided she didn't want to watch anymore. So we'll be cutting those out next year, <laughs> but I needed them for research purposes so I could be a little more familiar. How about Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special? You ever seen that one? I have John, not. Got I don't Matt remember. Johnson and Jaja Gabor was there. Charo. <laughs> 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 Little Richard. Who else was there? I think Oprah was there. I think Oprah was on there. Oh, wow. That was at the height of Pee Wee Mania, man, like late 80s. It's on YouTube, it looks like. Magic Johnson, Little Richard for sure. <laughs> and I'm confident it's Charo. The co- she's the Uchi Coochie lady, right? Uchi yeah. Coochie. Yeah. Coochie. Yep, there she is. <laughs> she sings Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Grace Jones. Yes. Quite the cast. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if Ashlyn will want to watch that. I'll throw it out there tomorrow. Since it's on YouTube, I can we can put it on the TV. So we might check that one out. Yeah. Let me bookmark that so I don't forget. Are there any other Christmas specials that we've let fall through the cracks that we didn't mention? I'm trying to think of like there was the older girls, like the DuckTales ones with like Scrooge McDuck, Chip and Dale, the Rescue Rangers. The, they like those guys. You mentioned Chip and Dale. There is a Disney short that it's Chip and Dale and I think Mickey and Pluto, where Mickey and Pluto go out and cut down a tree and bring it into the house, and Chip and Dale live in the tree. And there's a little bit where one of them goes up and, like, there's a row of Santa Claus candles or something on the mantle, and one of them goes up and puts on the clothes and the beard and everything, trying to hide from Pluto. Classic. Yes, that's exactly Um, the one that I was thinking of. You can never go wrong with any of the Disney Christmas stuff. We didn't touch on any of the Disney stuff, did we? I think Mickey's A Christmas Carol is one of the best versions out there. I mean, it's not as good as the Muppet version, but oh, the Muppet version is classic. But the Mickey version is right there with it. Yeah, and then I don't know this. The time frame probably would have worked for both of you guys for your kids, maybe more for Junior than Katie. But the Mickey's Once and Twice Upon a Christmas specials. Are you guys familiar with those at all? Off the top of my head, I'm not, but we probably watch it because I had the Disney Channel way back when. I've probably seen it. Yeah, they were kind of like a like an hour of like different little shorts that they put together. Like there was a Mickey and Minnie version of the Gift of the Magi in one where Mickey's working for Pete at a Christmas tree lot, making money, and he gets fired. And then Minnie's working at a department store and thinks she's going to get a big Christmas bonus and she gets a fruitcake. And so they each sell something that they own to buy the other a Christmas gift. And what they buy for each other went with the thing that the other sold to buy their gift there's like a goofy and max bit where they're sending letters to santa claus and i don't know they're both pretty cute little specials they're worth checking out if you haven't seen them they're both on disney plus trying to think if there's any other disney ones that we what about polar express you guys do polar express oh absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah, i like polar express that's the kids christmas eve movie there you go i mean tom hanks is so realistic in that one yeah I mean, they did a great job putting him in an animation. To me, that's one of the best Christmas movies, too, for me. Yeah, it's, that it's one cool. speaks to me on the heart level, like you spoke about, Mike. It's got all the heart and all the soul of Christmas in it. Yes, absolutely. Like every kid represents like a, a different feeling. Yes. The, the You know, the kid who has it all, the kid who has nothing, the kid in the middle, the kid who's, you know, it, it represents like every feeling that every kid would ever have at Christmas right. from whatever yeah. walk of life. That's a really, that's a really good analysis of it. I've never really thought about it in that light, but you're a 100% correct in that. Yeah. Wow. And that chocolate is a jam. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's just cool. Like the crazy hobo dude on top of the train. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And it really it, it takes you on an emotional ride. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah you're, when you watch it, you actually forget you're watching a cartoon. Right. It's that well done. Really is, and it's not a cartoon. But Drew, he mentioned it a little bit, and then we kind of riffed on it. But Ernest Saves Christmas, one of my absolute favorite Christmas movies. We watch it every year. I love Ernest. I haven't seen it in years, but I kind of remember one of the first time I did see it. I want to say it's on Disney Plus. Maybe it's somewhere streaming. But every little bit of it, from the sleazy agent guy calling Santa Mister Santos and getting him sent to jail and Chuck and Bobby at the airport arguing over whether it says helper elms or helper elves to get the boxes of the reindeers in and everything. Just such a funny, funny little thing. I love that. Yeah, those are the funny part is, I remember him, t- when I first started getting wrestling tapes, I would get tapes from like the Memphis and different you know, Southern groups. And Ernest was a character on commercials, whether it be furniture stores, grocery stores, and it developed, you know, big time for him. Mellow, he yellow. ends up being the lead in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he got morning. his mellow yellow. Like you were saying, Jamie, that was his first national campaign. Right. Because that was the commercial. You're like, all right. Hey, Vern. How about a nice, cool Miller Yeller? Yeah. <laughs> And the funniest thing about all of that is he was like a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Really? Jim Varney, yeah. Jim like Varney. It was John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena, if they made a Jim Varney biopic right now, John Cena could play him because good Oh, Lord, yeah. I, I never thought about it before. Varney. Yeah, you're nailing that one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I felt bad because, like you said, he was a really good character actor also. Yeah. But you kind of, I mean, he kind of got, it's like a Larry the Cable Guy kind of thing. Right. He kind of got stuck there like bubblegum in somebody's hair. He got pigeonholed, but that but pigeonhole was making him a lot of money. Yeah, say so he made a mint. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you remember in the later seasons, he played like a, a count or a duke or something in Roseanne that was in love with Jackie. And they got kind of out there and probably should have canceled the show, but didn't. I think it was when they won the lottery or whatever. Oh, yeah. that was the last season when they it won the lottery. Away. <laughs> or, the, or the dream season, as it turned out to be. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that boy, completely off topic, but boy, was that finale of Rosanna Downer. Yeah, I really thought of it. I really, yeah. But I guess in a weird way, it was kind of like the way like a, a Midwestern family, how shit kind of ends up a lot of times. Yes, yeah, so, but just like. Yeah, I saw when it originally aired, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. You know, her sitting at the desk, you know, finishing off her book. It actually explained the last season perfectly. Yeah, but I didn't see it until I think it's when Ashlyn was a baby, like not long after she was born. And I'd be up in the middle of the night while Amy was sleeping, you know, while she was still on maternity leave. And it was on TV land or something. They'd run it at like two in the morning. Okay. So I'd watch it from like two to five or whatever. And I saw it and I'm like, what the hell? This <laughs> Dan's dead and all this stuff. It's like, God, what a doubt. Yeah, we loved Roseanne at my house. So yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. It was the most relatable show to my family because it was really a lot like my family. The loud, boisterous, smart-ass mom and the the loud uh, dad and the mouthy kids. My parents watched it all the time. Yeah, you know, and, and just everything from, like, just the way that they would interact. Like, oh, well, I'll make dinner. I'll be like, no, honey, don't. You just made dinner five years ago. <laughs> It gets out like the industrial kitchen size can of corn. <laughs> what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> Have you guys caught the Connors? Yes, yeah. that's a great show. I mean, I think it's pretty good. 
I think if Roseanne would have, if they hadn't thrown her off and they stayed as Roseanne, it would have been canned a long time ago. It would have, yeah. But they did a nice job continuing the story, and I think they're getting one more season out of it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good continuation. And Dan Dan marries Peg Bundy. What what better conversation than that? Yeah, the last I saw, Becky had had the other baby, and the guy had moved there, and his mom and sister might have been trying to get the baby from her or something. I don't know. And then the guy that Darlene was doing the newspaper with, they were together. And I don't know if he moved in there with her or she moved in with him. I can't remember. Yeah, that story continues on. Okay. I won't spoil it for you, but they actually become a good couple. Yes. Yeah. It's good to hear. The Connors need some stability. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, it makes perfect sense that Dan would end up with Peg Bundy because. Yes, Lane I was going to say, are they still together? Chicago, but they're not that far from Chicago. So oh, that's right. Al, Al must have died or something. And Peggy changed her name and look and moved to Lanford. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's where Paul Kai got their streak well, ended. F- Al moved to Beverly Hills and uh, tackle stood Bundy up at the goal line and broke his fucking back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sitcoms, like, was there Christmas episodes of any of those shows that stand out to you, like a Roseanne or even like a Fantasy Island or any show? I feel like there was a Roseanne Christmas one that had something to do with Dan and his dad, and yeah, where they yeah, kind of got where, it. Uh, he he came back for Christmas and ended up marrying Crystal. Yeah, the Halloween episodes were always the big ones. For yeah. Me. Kind of like, like the Simpsons. Yeah, how about when uh, Santa's little helper showed up on the Simpsons? Yeah, the Simpsons. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, let me think. I'll give you one that's going way back in time. You guys would have only ever seen the repeats. Season one or season two of Happy Days, where Fonzie ends up kind of... He, the Cunninghams want him to come over for Christmas Eve because he fixed their car on Christmas Eve. That's right. Their car broke down. Fonzie's fixing a car. And they're like, oh, why don't you come to our house? He goes, oh, no, I'm going to my cousin's in Waukesha. Uh, they have a big thing. And Mr. C's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So they leave. And Richie said, oh, I forgot to tell Fonzie something. He goes back in. And Fonzie's sitting there eating a can of uh, Chef Boyardee on the hot plate. And they end up talking Fonzie into coming back to the house. And then he winds up taking over the Christmas Eve, carving the turkey and all that stuff. That. Two things on that, Jamie. I couldn't trust Fonzarelli to fix my car because he probably just walked up to it and went and like elbowed (laughs) the hood. It's not a long term fix. I'm sorry. You might like uh, you might click the solenoid over or something by doing that, but that's not a long term fix. So be careful, Mister C. And number two, Fonzie's really lucky that Richie went back in and found him because if he would have went to Waukesha, he would have went to jail with his cousins Ken and Massa after that. Yeah, they would have closed McDonald's on him. Maybe that was yeah. the kid that hurled the boulder. It was Fonzarelli. <laughs> That's who it was. It, you, you Fonzarelli. He hurled the boulder. <laughs> I think he worked there. <laughs> now, I got two more. that They weren't television shows. They were actually VHS releases back in the 90s. You guys may have may not be familiar with Barney the Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Barney had a great Christmas one that went right to a videotape. He comes down, the, the two kids don't think Santa Claus is coming, and, and Barney comes out of the fireplace, all covered in ash and everything. And, and my daughter was just learning how to speak at the time, and every time she saw it, she would say, Chim Barn Dirt! <laughs> and then the other one, that you guys are familiar with Elmo, they did a straight-to-video Elmo Saves Christmas. Yes. Where he asked for, well, I guess it was Santa Claus, who was Charles Durney. Yes. 
and he asks him for a wish, and, and he grants it, and Elmo says, I wish it was Christmas every day. Uh, yeah, I've seen and that. Every, every day winds up being Christmas, and then it takes Elmo a folly a year to realize that Christmas every day isn't a good thing because nobody works and nothing gets done. So I had a true-to-life experience with that because I think for a year and a half, we watched Elmo Saves Christmas every single day when Ashlyn was about two because she loved that thing. And we had it and we watched it every day. Yeah, when we used to have the membership for family video in Lowell and when Tatum was like three or four, they had like the kids club where just the free kid videos, but they'd give them like a little bullshit kids card, you know, where they'd go up and they'd hold their card up. They'd give you the fake dude with the thing, dude, (laughs) just to give the kids that feeling, you know, but that was every time. Tatum, same one, Elmo's Christmas. And along the same lines as that, Ashlyn had an Elmo's 12 Days of Christmas book, like the little thick cardboard little deals. I had that thing memorized. I couldn't do it anymore, but I read that book to her like every day for two years. And I could just, she could turn the pages and I could just read it with my eyes closed because I knew what all the gifts were for the Elmo's 12 Days of Christmas because it was an everyday thing. How about Elmo and the McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas? I don't know. Was that the... Uh, you don't remember the McKenzie's from uh, Strange Brew? I know who you're talking about, but I haven't seen their 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, it's kind of a Chicago... I, I've heard a song, yeah. On the 12 Days of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer and yes. a tree. <laughs> it gets through like five pounds of bat bacon. <laughs> like yeah, everything was toast. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two turtlenecks. You probably remember this, Drew, and I don't think it was early, early on in the Bob and Tom run, way before they were national. But you had the Dick Nixon and Haji twelve days of Christmas with the punch in the face for the first day. Yeah. <laughs> and then the five shots of schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try and find if I've got that somewhere because, God, that was funny. That's great, dude. You just totally jogged my brain. I'll see if I can find that. I have it on a – I think I've got a Bob and Tom Christmas CD someplace, so I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, I remember I used to go to, like, J&L Records down at the levee, and they had the hugest Bob and Tom selection. Yeah, the dude from J&L Records just died not too long ago. Oh, really? Yeah, a couple months ago. When I ran the local video store – also had a karma records in it we'd always have the latest bob and tom cds but then people would come in and sell their used cds and if they had a bob and tom one i'd pay them a little bit extra because i knew i could charge extra and i'd go i'd take it home first if i didn't have it and i'd rip a copy of it for myself (laughs) and then i'd go put it out for sale like i did that led zeppelin box set one time but but just yeah. testing it out before I put it into inventory. Right. Got to make sure it works. Yeah, I was yeah. looking at uh, Christmas specials for sitcoms. The first thing that pops up here, Mike, I haven't seen it yet as I've been watching, but the first one is A Very Sunny Christmas. Oh, my God, dude. You need to jump ahead because it's not like in, you don't have to watch it in order to get it. I just watched it the other day because I love it. That's one of the greatest Christmas. You'll, you will die laughing. I'm going to paraphrase this guy's review. Yeah. Just read the last sentence that says Charlie realized his mom was fucking all the Santas and then attacked the Santa at the mall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Here's the thing in case you hadn't noticed it. I don't, I know you're not real far in you're like four or five seasons in, I don't know how much Charlie's mom has been on, but Charlie's mom is miss Yvette from Pee Wee's playhouse. Yes. I noticed yeah. that when Dennis was trying to hook up with her and then <laughs> trying to hook up with her. Yeah. Yeah. Frank's trying to hook up with her. Frank was living there for a while. Yeah. yeah. 
she was going to be Frank's bang maid. But as far as like newer shows, I don't know if you guys watch Community, either of you, but their Christmas episodes. Fantastic. I've never seen that. And it's a great show. It's in my top 10 all-time favorite TV shows. It's on Think Peacock. So they've got one on here for Bob's Burgers, too, that I don't think I've seen. And I love Bob's Burgers, so I'm going to check this one out. It's called The Plight Before Christmas. I've never seen it. I've never checked out Bob's Burgers. I've heard it's good. I'm sure I would like it because the guy that does Bob's voice also does like Archer and a whole bunch of other stuff. H. John Benjamin, I believe is his name. But The girl who plays Louise on there, her voice is super familiar. And I know it's in a hundred things, but it, she's like one of those voice actors. Is that Kristen Schaal? <sighs> Man, I, I can't. I can't say for sure. <laughs> but the voice, I mean, when you hear the voice, you're like, oh, yeah. Right. It's in the, the tone area of like a Lisa Simpson okay. type voice. Yeah, I can't think of too many sitcoms from when I was a kid that had Christmas episodes specifically that I remember. I mean, I'm sure that like Family Ties or Growing Pains or The Cosby Show, I'm sure they all had a Christmas episode, but none of them are jumping to mind. Yeah, well, the show my age, the one I'll bring up is The Brady Bunch. Yeah, if you guys ever seen that where Carol loses her voice and can't sing yeah, it, yes. the, the, the uh, Christmas. Um, yeah, well, the one on the list here, Mike, that you just talked about community, the regional holiday music episode. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's got what's his name? Taryn Killam. It was on SNL. He plays the Glee Club. You should check out community. It's hilarious. It's legit. Yeah. I think it's funnier than The Office. Really? Yes, I really do. I mean, it's crazier, more out there humor, but it's very, very good. The first three seasons, maybe four seasons. I think it's the first three, maybe. Definitely the first two are like top tier. And they do a stop motion animated Christmas episode that's fantastic. They also do a G.I. Joe cartoon episode in the later seasons that is phenomenal. They have the helpful tip at the end. <laughs> sort of, sort of, but, but different. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Brady Bunch one is a good one, Jamie. That's a good shout out. And then along that same line, I don't know if anybody ever watched the Very Brady Christmas. Yeah. That's not a bad a TV movie. I like it. I watched Except it. where they changed Cindy up, but right. besides that, it's not a bad episode. Yeah. That was really cool. That was kind of like a highly anticipated TV event, you know? Right. Brady family getting back together for the first time in a long, long time, all grown up. And back if I remember, Brady house and everything, it was cool to see the Brady house again. If I remember right, they even used the same two actors from the Brady Wives show that they spun off, the guys that played the husbands. The one guy was in Slapshot, Dave Killer Carlson. Yes. Marsh's husband, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I, I think they were the same actors that were in that fairly short-lived show, The Brady Wives or whatever. Yeah, that, that was around that Brady Bride, Brady Brides, that might have been it. See, they should have combined it with that show that Piper and Ventura were the cops. <laughs> had them be married to the Brady sisters. Wasn't that a tag team? That was tag team. Yeah. I guess it would be a bad name for that show then. <laughs> but that was a good Christmas special, though. Yeah, I like it. I watch it every year. I watch a lot of that goofy stuff. Like I said, it's my favorite time of year. I stay up late watching stuff. You know, I've got ones that just I watch. There's ones we watch as a family and ones that Ashlyn and I watch together. And then a couple that Amy and I watch. I usually watch the Doctor Who Christmas specials also. You know, that's something I've never checked out because I'm very much a completist when I watch something and there's so much of that I'd have to go back because I'd want to go back and start like from the beginning. Yeah, the like... I mean, you'd have to go back to like the 50s. To right, I know. The beginning, But there's a clear 
it's like uh, it's like the Von Erich brothers. There's a clear divide right. <laughs> between the good and you know. So you could actually start with the modern, which is what I did. I went back after I'd watched everything from the reboot, which was I want to say early two thousands. But and that was with uh, an actor named Christopher Eccleston and right. a girl named Billy Piper. She played the first companion, and Christopher Eccleston was the doctor at that time. And the graphics are cheesy. The CGI is like real low rent, but they were kind of doing everything on a shoestring, and it's really endearing to see it now. And, but it, that's a great point to start at because that takes it from the modern era, and then it plays back to stuff, and then it makes you actually want to go seek out episodes from back then, which are actually kind of easy to find. I think their Netflix has all the old ones, I want to say. Tying this back now to Community, one of the characters in there named Abed has a favorite show, and it's like their version of Doctor Who. It's called Professor Spacetime, and <laughs> there's there's a number of episodes that revolve around Professor Spacetime, including one of their Christmas episodes where they go to watch the Professor Spacetime Christmas special together as a group. So I'm going to have to put that show on my list after I finish up. Uh, I'm watching Brooklyn Nine Nine right now. Oh, in my spare time. Great show. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is fantastic. I'm into like season three where uh, you can tell Amy's pregnant, but they're not, of course, acknowledging it on TV. Right. I'm up to the one where it's his birthday. Okay. And he takes her to the house and his mom is Peg Bundy and she's getting back together with his dad. Yeah. That's the one I'm up to right now. Has Doug Judy made an appearance yet? Daryl from The Office? Oh, yeah. He's been in a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Doug Judy. They were just on a cruise together because somebody was trying to kill him. Yeah, my favorite recurring character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like that role. I just couldn't think of uh, Judy, but uh, the, the first name wasn't sticking with me. Just wait, has his sister Trudy Judy showed up yet? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's a great show. Great show. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I watch it in, in the downtime when there's no wrestling or anything else I'm trying to catch up on. Yeah, I definitely put Community on there. And did you ever watch The League, Jamie? I watched season one of The League. Okay. Drew, I know you haven't seen it. You should check it out because it's, it's based around a group of friends playing fantasy football together. But it's like... 95% improv. Like they had a very vague outline. Oh, really? I didn't realize that was improv. Yeah. It was pretty much all they would improv their lines and try to crack each other up. <laughs> you can tell in some of them where they just had to be like, okay, this is the best shot we have where people are laughing just a little bit, but not everybody dying and breaking. Right. But, now, I mean, you were talking about Always Sunny. Believe it or not, I've seen episodes, but I've never watched a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's my favorite. And, and I'm from here and I've never watched it yeah. because it was on FX and not right. in my zone when I had a chance to watch television. Sure. It wasn't usually on. Yeah, it's very funny, man, but definitely no young years. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, goes, it borderlines on a lot of subjects. Well, yes. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. The line, man. And it's, Both mine are grown, and I wouldn't be watching it with the grandkids here either. we got to watch Bluey right now when the grandkids are here. Yeah. <laughs> Bluey or Miss Rachel? I don't know if you guys are familiar with Miss Rachel. Mom! <laughs> and we just went and saw Bluey live. Yeah. Bingo! Yep. <laughs> Bluey. We love Bluey here. We have a Bluey tent. Really? Nice. <laughs> I wonder if he has a Christmas special. I bet he does. Or she. Bluey's a she. she. I thought Bluey was a he. I just recently I did too. I was corrected she. sternly by Gemma Cabot. <laughs> Bluey's a girl. My <laughs> <I> bad. <laughs> Boy, I never thought I'd be talking about Bluey on his podcast. <laughs> Oddly enough, this is not the first time we've talked about Bluey on this yeah. show. 
Bluey's <laughs> made many appearances on the show. I like Bluey. It's a nice little innocent cartoon. Yeah, it's got the Daniel Tiger kind of feel to it, you know? Teaches good lessons. Dad's got a good sense of humor. He farts a lot and stuff. <laughs> good. I remember Daniel Tiger. Yep. We yeah, were talking about seeing Bluey live, and we had saw Daniel Tiger live back in the day. Daniel Tiger, that's the one. That's Mr. Robinson. Not Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> now, there's a good Christmas thing. <laughs> Mr. Robinson Christmas. They're one of those on the SNL thing. <laughs> I bet there is. Who is there? Eddie Murphy bailing out the way. Oh, that's the landlord. He's dressed up as- I, I know it's not the Christmas one, but the best one is when Mr. T's the landlord <laughs> and kicks the door down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yes, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah, they was on the train, and uh, he's right in there. To, what's his name now? It's Prince Tuesday on. Uh, or is it King Tuesday? What? I don't know. King Friday. King Friday, Friday and then Prince Tuesday. Prince, Prince Tuesday or Prince Wednesday or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Another day of the week. And ironically, this prince wears purple too. <laughs> Just but like the no, Prince Christmas tree. But there's no Mr. McFeely, is there? Uh, Speedy delivery? There is a mailman in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Okay. Maybe it is Mr. Worker. I'm not sure if he's an in-house guy or if he's out on the streets. <laughs> well, if it's a kingdom, he might just deliver the kingdom. Yeah, he might have a little cushy little. He'd be in royal mail. They have Baker yeah. Acre, so they definitely have the bakery. Yeah, there's a bunch of places there in Daniel Tiger's kingdom there. Okay, that wraps up a wonderful little uh, segment that we've put together here about Christmas specials, Christmas movies, the Rankin-Bass specials, Christmas spirit, the holidays, sitcoms, cartoons, variety shows, pretty much anything with a Christmas kick. We pretty much just went through it. And we want to thank Jamie for being here with us again. My pleasure, guys. It was nice to talk something besides wrestling tonight. Yeah, it is a nice little change of pace. And with the holiday season, I want to say Merry Christmas to Jamie and Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and everything else to everybody else out there in the whole wide world. We thank you for listening and check back in with us at your regular scheduled times. I would like to say Happy Holidays to everyone, especially you two guys and Spiker and Big Bill. And don't forget your mailman this Christmas. Show them a little token of appreciation. Right. Happy Holidays, everybody. We're going to tell you about a few of our friends that help us out, and we like to help them out. Yeah, definitely want everybody to check out our friend Shoreline Gems on Facebook. Now is the perfect opportunity for everybody to check them out and support them as a small business in the holiday season. Check out their unique, one-of-a-kind, handmade beach glass jewelry pieces. Definitely want to support them, so go check them out at Shoreline Gems on Facebook. And we also would like you to check out our friends on the What's the Vibe podcast with Katie and Amy. We want you to check them out wherever you podcast and on YouTube especially. Their show is great, very funny, very engaging. They're awesome girls and they have an amazing show. So definitely check them out wherever you podcast and on YouTube. And we also would like for you to check out our buddy Stephen Rafel's daughter, Taylor, and her band Luna Worldcast at LunarWorldcast.com, courtesy of Megafauna Records. Definitely check them out. Become a member of their Patreon and you can live stream all of their gigs and you also get 15% off of their merch when you're a patron. So definitely support our friend Taylor and her band Luna Worldcast at lunaworldcast.com courtesy of Megafauna Records. We'd also like you to check out our buddy Jason D'Agostino and his buddy Dave at Not Another Sports Podcast wherever you podcast and on YouTube. 
support our buddy Dags and Dave and check out their merch too at the T Public storefronts. So get out there, support our buddy Dags. I want to give shout outs to our brothers and Cause Chaos, Stephen Burrow, everybody's big brother, and our little brother down in Florida, Florida man himself. Little brother to big brother, I guess. Shard, Shard Johnson. Keep getting better, you guys. We love you, man. Get back on the road again. And we love you guys. Love you guys. We have a store. It's an exciting store, T Public. It has all kinds of designs that are amazing, hilarious, and also very innovative. We have tote bags. We have stickers. We have hoodies. We have magnets. We have snow globes where you can put your loved one's face inside. All right, one of those things isn't true, but I wish we could someday when the store gets bigger. But the T Public store is the other ship. All you have to do is put the other ship in and it'll pop up. Um, I'll give you a little warning sign like, are you sure you want to look at these designs? They're disturbing. Not really. For the most part, we're rocking and rolling. A lot of cool stuff. My point being is it's a fun store. It's a good time. And please, if you guys want to support us, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of money for the store right now. That's okay. But please, anywhere you listen to us on any platform, please like, rate, and especially subscribe. Because the more support we get, the more we kind of get to pulling over on that old Rye Bizzle brother. Because screw him and his guy just won't shut the hell up today. Because he's so jealous to see him punk. It's weird and disturbing. But I still watch it. So I give that little... That freaking jerking audience sometimes. So let's get one over on them because we're always beating them in the podcast ratings. So suck it, right, Bizzle? All right. To follow up on what Bill said, you know, rate, subscribe, all that stuff's awesome. Even if you don't listen to us on Spotify, if you could go to Spotify and follow us on Spotify, once we reach a certain level of followers there, then we can start generating some ad revenue through Spotify. But we have to hit a certain number of followers. So if you don't have money to buy anything from the store, and again, we make very little from T Public. They give us a, a fraction of a piece of the sales price. And since there's always a sale, our cut's always reduced because they only pay us a decent amount for regular priced items. But the biggest thing you could do for us is go over to Spotify and follow us there so that we can get to that benchmark number and start generating some ad revenue. We want to sell out, but we need your help. <laughs> Exactly. The other thing you could do for us, if you want to give us some kind of a gift in the holiday season, recommend a friend or two to check out the show. Pick one of your favorite episodes, recommend to them, have them check it out, see if they like it. Maybe we gain some more listeners. But we also want to remind you to check out our great friends, the Josephines of thejosephines.net. Get all your tour information Buy an album, buy a CD, buy some merch. It's cold out there. Buy you a Josephine's hoodie. What could be better than that? We also want to remind you to check out our good friend, Hot Rod, Rodney Swift, and his wife over on YouTube at It's Mr. and Mrs. Swift 2017. They're doing a music re-reaction series right now, sharing some songs that have meaning to them, why they have that meaning. So check that out. We want to remind you to check out the WrestleCopia family of podcasts, the Memory Grenade, the Monday Warfare podcast, the newly added Memphis cast done by a guy out of England, I believe. The new Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop show that's doing good numbers for them. And then the two regional wrestling podcasts with everybody's favorite, favorite Uncle Jamie doing the 81 Georgia Championship show with Ray Russell and the 1986 Mid-South show that Roman Gomez does with Ray Russell. So check all of those out. We also want you to look into buying tickets to Glory Days GrappleCon taking place April 20th, 2024 at the Rosen Center in Orlando, Florida. Barry Rose and the Captain Nick Massey of Captain's Corner. Check him out on 
Facebook are putting on an amazing event. They have a world-class championship wrestling panel discussion taking place, moderated by the great Mark Lawrence, ring announcer from World Class, involving Missy Hyatt, the one-man gang, Brian Adias, Jack Victory, Al Perez, and possibly more names to come. This is going to be an amazing event. You don't want to miss out. You can go to eventbrite.com. Look for Glory Days GrappleCon. Buy your tickets. They have three or four levels of tickets, depending on if you just want to show up and check things out. If you want the full package where you can get all the autographs, all the pictures, hear the panel discussion, anything that's going on. So check those tickets out, and we hope to see you there, because I think we will all be there in April. So come and see us. Come see Uncle Jamie. Come see Benji and Diggy. Come see a whole host of Tim Graff that was just on our great Thanksgiving episode. A whole bunch of people have heard of. Yeah, Dr. The Doctor of Style, Philip Kahn, will be there styling and profiling like no other. Frankie and Jana. Frankie and Jana. Maybe Mama Khan will make the trip this time. Just a whole host of great people that if you haven't met them before, you'll want to get a chance to meet these folks and hang out with them for a couple of days. So check out Glory Days GrappleCon on Facebook. You can check there the actual Glory Days GrappleCon group. You can check our group for information. Follow the captain, Nick Massey, because he does all kinds of virtual signings with wrestling talent. Check out the tickets on eventbrite.com and check the Rosen Center for hotel reservations. That's April 20th, 2024. I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Frankie Seacrest. Keep getting better, buddy. Can't wait to see you in April. It's going to be a good time. You just keep healing up and getting better. Same thing for our good friends, Bruce and Cindy Cohen. I know they're going to be there, Bruce. You just keep chugging along on the road to recovery. You're doing an amazing job, and we can't wait to see you guys. All right. And where does all the fun happen besides the show? In our Facebook group, 284 members strong as of this recording. And we're fans of everybody. We enjoy everybody being there. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what your wrestling beliefs are, what your, as long as you're not an asshole, we like you. We don't mind if you can't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. We're cool like that. You know, I mean, we're just, we're a funny squeaky noise. Love blessing. <laughs> Just come join us, you know, just be part of the fun, you know, the extension of fun that is the show. And if you like the show, come join us in there and be cool and hang out. Recommend us to your friends. You know, we'd love to see 300 before the end of 2023. So let's make that happen. As we always say, thank you for listening. Happy holidays to you. And we will see you next time. Yeah, I'll be good now. You hear? Motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. That is a new show out there every week. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have dropped an extra onions extra mayo extra cheese in the middle of that i may have passed out <laughs> we're gonna do something more for my culture <laughs> for the culture <laughs> for the brand holy shit that was amazing <laughs> You better not to cry, you better not to shout, I'm telling you why. Uncle Ivan's coming to town. He's making a list of those who must pay, like Dusty Rhodes and Magnati. Uncle Ivan's coming to town. He comes from Mother Russia. He's the leader of our team. He even brought
button crusher crush have as weird as that may seem so you'd better not fight get out of our way because like I told you how you say Uncle Ivan's coming and Crusher Crusher's coming and yes Nikita's coming to town watch out Road Warriors you're on the naughty list